Welcome everyone to the Rest of Us podcast, the show that highlights those that are doing great things in their community. My name is Rob Adams, and I'll be your host along with my partner, Chris, who's actually playing hooky today. Today, we have Emily Lowry on our team, who is a superstar leader here at Keller Williams. We're glad to have Emily here with us today and hope that she inspires you to do great things in the community. So without further ado, welcome to the Rest of Us podcast. Hi, Emily. How are you today? I'm doing good today. I wanted to introduce you to our audience because I admire you so much in your leadership skills and the things that you've accomplished in your career. And I think that you're a great role model. You're somebody that I would like my daughters to meet and maybe even grow up one day to be like because I really do respect what you're doing. That's so kind. Thank you. Uh, Thanks. And so just to tell the crowd a little bit about what it is or your story, um, how long have you been in real estate? I've been just over 15 years. Wow, 15 years. And so you've seen a few changes. Absolutely. What did you do before real estate? I worked at a dental office right before I was an office manager at a dental office. And before that? Before that, I went on a mission. Actually, before that, I worked in title. I was an escrow assistant. And then before that, I went on a mission to Munich, Germany, Austria. Nice. Where I met my husband there. And then um, before that I helped my brother open his dental practice up in Logan when I was going to school. Very nice. There, yeah. Very good. And so um, what is it that drew you to real estate? It's one of those stories that would almost kind of seem fake if somebody was telling me about it. But truly, there's only been a few things in my life I feel like I had a chills type of moment of this is my path. Hmm. And so really what happened is... um, when my husband and I got married, we moved into his Oma and Opa's basement, Grandma and Grandpa's basement. And this basement had ceilings that were in areas only six feet high. And you know my husband, so you could calculate how that would not He's work. He's a tall guy, yeah. He's six five, so that definitely was not working out. He couldn't really stand in a shower or see his, <laughs> his head in the mirror. So we got That's married. Sweet. Yeah, it was entertaining, but we loved them so much that it, we kind of considered sticking it out for all of like three, four weeks. Then we started looking for homes and it was it was kind of a tumultuous experience for me being just newly married and not really understanding the real estate world at all. I had no experience or understanding of it. And um, I remember we called this agent in the newspaper. This was January 2004. Back when they had newspapers. Newspapers. And um, she invited us into her office. I remember she sat us down and she put up this this PowerPoint presentation and, and walked through how purchasing a home is so scary. Hmm. And that if we didn't use her, we were going to absolutely fall into financial failure. Wow. So we were her only way to survive our future. We were So we left so depressed. We're not doing this. We are not going to buy a house. We're going to be in Omanopa's basement forever. And that again also lasted, I think, about two weeks. And then um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a brat where when I get my mindset on something, it's really hard to get me off that track. So, found another agent and um, went to go see a house. And what was interesting about this agent is, fast forward four or five years later, I was sales manager for a big builder uh, by that time, and I was interviewing. And I did a group interview session. And I had a bunch of agents. I was looking over these these resumes that were really amazing. And these agents had all done so much and worked for so many years. And one of them, and the resume, was this agent mm. who 
had helped us buy our home. And I didn't realize how accomplished and wonderful this agent was in terms of her experience because it wasn't about her, it was about us, right? Right. And so going through that process of building our house and the way that she made us feel, it was such an amazing experience that I I remember cashing my check. I was making $20 an hour, right? I Big was money. living it. Yeah. And my husband was working at the jail at the time and going to school. He was an officer in the jail. And for our age and our life, we were um, making good money. And so when we, I, I was, it was really when I saw the settlement statement, right? Let, I mean, let's be real. And I saw how much the agents were making. Hmm. I just, I could not believe that. And going through late one night, I'm calculating over and over and over how long it would take me to make that much money. And and I was capped out at the, the amount that I was going to make in the industry I was in. Right. And just trying to decide, what is my life? What do I want to do? And I remember thinking back in elementary, I had this piece of paper where they asked us to write down what it is that we wanted to do when we were older. And I drew this big building. And I still have it. I'll have to show you one day. I drew this big building, and it was an advertising company for some reason. I don't know why. And that I was a picture of me on the top, and my teacher said, well, what is this? What do you want to be? And I said, well, I don't care what it is. I just want to be the boss of the biggest building in the area. (laughs) And so kind of thinking about, okay, when did I lose that ambition? When did I... I'd always been so driven. How come I had settled into this place where I was, where somebody else was going to decide for me what I was going to make and what I was going to do? Where did I fall off that track? Hmm. And it was a lightning bolt moment for me of why why not me? Why not? Why shouldn't I do it? So I actually got hired by that builder right away, right then. And um, I started before I even got my license and worked for, the, for them for quite a bit and built my moved up in the company pretty quickly and trained. I was just had so much passion for it and new construction and it just kind of went from there. Still I love going. that story. And so now fast forward, you uh, worked for this builder and then you've worked for other builders. Yeah. And now um, here we are and you have this office, this amazing office. Now I want you to know that um, I've looked at other um, brokerages out there, other models, and one of the things that's most attractive to my team and I is the leadership that your team and you provide for this group. Um, and I, I admire that so much because it's something that is missing a lot. And I think it takes a lot of courage for you to, um, well, my question for you, uh, the long way around, I guess, is how have you attracted such great talent into your sphere? How have you done that? You know how, um, well, I inherited a lot of them, which I, there was talent here already, and then adding other people. I had this experience where after, so... I had moved up quickly in the builder. I got my broker's license, was principal broker. After three years, just right about my three-year mark, um, was sales trainer based out of Denver. I was over Utah, and I did so much. I spent a lot of time training the agents. And this was, so, I mean, to go from 2004 to 2008, it was a, a definitely a big, a lot happening in a small amount of time. I actually started my um, real estate career in Daybreak hmm. in, in the first village before Anybody knew what Daybreak was going to be. To be perfectly honest, there was 16 or 18 model homes. There was the glass house. There was no lake, no walking trails, no schools. Wow. It was that actually 114th didn't even go to the freeway. 106 was just this tiny little road and no shopping. Jordan Landing was our shopping. And um, we were selling in the time of brown stucco houses. Everyone was peeling their siding off their houses. Here we go in the middle of this big field 
we're going to build bright pink houses with blue doors and it's on contaminated land. Who wants to build here, right? So that was, it gave me an opportunity to really have to showcase if I'm going to make it because when, when I quit my job, our parents had an intervention with us. What are you doing? Why would you quit a job making $40,000 a year? You just bought your house to go and do a hobby that is not um, predictable, mm. right? There's there's a good chance you're not going to make it. And they were super worried about that. So I decide I'm going to make, what is that number that's kind of an in-your-face number? I made it and it was $100,000. That is the, if I make $100,000 that first year, and I didn't realize that um, that daybreak opportunity was going to be right there. So the agent who was the lead agent there was a difficult community to work in, and she just wasn't having it anymore. And so I went to the VP and said, listen, I know you don't really know me. I barely got licensed, but give me a chance. I promise I'll give my whole heart to it. And fast forward a um, few months, several months, lots of months, um, I remember I went into the office to get my check, and I had miscalculated. I was at about $72,000, I think. And I was almost at my year mark. And I was thinking, dang, you know, that's almost double what I made last year. I'm, I'm so, that's so great. In the back of my mind, I'm like, it's not $100,000, which I had decided. But um, I got my check, miscalculated when the closings were that I had, and my check was $33,000. What? And it was just a, over. And so that was like... Not only did you make the right decision, but you're good at it. Yeah. And you could be even better. So I really, um, it's kind of a long story, but I promise there's a point. It really um, helped me see what's possible. So I just was super aggressive about how can I be better? What can I do? What can I do? And um, so then I was the sales manager in 2008, and it was nuts, right? Mm -hmm. It was crazy. I mean, we were having to drop prices of spec homes the market was crashing it was crashing yeah. and and we were having people who were at the closing table not or, or closed signed no it's not funding done like it's done so then we had buyers that we were their homes were being built and um we had to reduce the price of a spec home sometimes eighty thousand dollars less than what that person who was building was going to be oh my goodness you're representing the seller what do you do what's the best thing for the seller so it was a really crazy time it was really hard and um at the end of 2008 our division president was asked to let go of the management team and he wouldn't do it so they fired him and then they let us all go but it was at that time so he started a builder about a year later a year and a half later and the people who started that builder was that management team that got let go he called every one of us back wow and we're the ones who started henry walker so it was it was that loyalty that I have with, you know, with all of them is really deep. But in the interim of that time, I mean, at this time I'd been in the business now for almost five years. I was broker. I had done, a, had been a part of a lot of deals. We, in 2006 and seven, we were closing close to a thousand homes a year. So I was wow. a part of a lot of stuff, a lot of transactions going on and found myself, what do I do? I don't know how to do resale. I don't know how, how do I find people? I have no idea how to actually do what most people see with the traditional style of real estate is. And I had a really good friend who owned a brokerage. So just just for those who are listening, there's there's really uh, several different types of real estate. It's easy to think that um, it's all kind of lumped into one, but if you work for a builder, it's a very different job than if you work um, for people who are looking to buy already built homes or commercial real estate or even land real estate. And so what you're saying is you found yourself in a place where you were all of again the new the new person. Well, and I was making a lot of money, and so 
to be laid off too and kind of stripped from all of that. And I didn't survive the layoff. There's just so much emotionally that you get slammed with mm-hmm. and it really affects I was in this time of, yes, I, I, I reached this milestone. I reached this milestone. People just had so much confidence in me. And I was blessed to be around people that saw something in me. And they encouraged me to do that. And then all of a sudden, just the rejection of, oh, no, 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 you're not the one we want. We don't hmm. want you. It was really hard. It, it took a – it was – I completely lost my self-confidence. Hmm. I remember going in for an interview. And I wish I could even know who this lady is again. I went in for an interview. And I just, I could not even like really talk to her. I was just so mentally, emotionally lost and tied up. And, and it was kind of funny when you think about those kinds of things, what her thoughts about me must have been. But um, I, I did. I went to this other brokerage and he had, you know, great agent, great person, still a great friend and had every intention to help me also had his own business and was busy and I I just needed something that would tell me that I I've got it like I'm worthy I to remind you smart yes to just help me with that and and I didn't really get that and it helped me realize that it's so this business is so dang emotional and it's it's so up and down and hard and I been in leadership roles since then but that drives me so much now that I refuse to have any agent be lost, to have that feeling of there was a reason that I really wanted to do this and I put my heart into it and wait, can I do it? Can yeah. I, do I have that? So that's what drives me in with my staff is making sure that we are really focused on that, that that's a priority to understand where these people are coming from and try and give them that hope and that encouragement and and connect them with the right people and the right tools because those are the things that will really build their confidence. If they don't have that confidence, there's really they're not going to make it and a lot of people don't make it. It's hard. It hurts my heart. Yeah, there are the this is yeah, a tough business and it is. Um the statistic I've heard is 9 out of 10 realtors don't make it their very first year. Is that true still? You know, that I've, I've heard that a while back, too. I don't know how it is now. I mean, I would say if that isn't what it was, that is what it is now. Hmm. It's easy to get super distracted by so many other things going on. And essentially, in real estate, you're, you're selling a product that you don't have warehoused. You're selling a product you don't own to a client or customer that you don't have yet. Hmm. So you're looking on both those ends, and it can be – really frustrating and it can be distracting of a million things out there that are supposed to help you that can be a distraction and it can also it's distracting when we don't have a really clear path of what we're doing and how we're doing it and that's something we care so much about in tying that in and and I got to tell you that there's nine staff including myself and there's text messages and and emails and phone calls that happen at 10 o'clock at night and I just couldn't ask for people that are more dedicated and caring about these about the agents than my staff is right now it's it's really remarkable I don't want to do it without them not even for sure I couldn't but I don't even want to because they just bring everything to it do so much 
Well, when we come back from our break, I would like to talk to you a little bit about how you get that clarity. Um, talk to you a little bit about um, how, what are your strategies for when you are down or how you can help these people to um, remember who they are or how to keep your spirit up so that you can fill their cup. Because without, without your cup being full, you can't give it away. You know what I mean? And so um, as a leader, you do a lot of things as far as helping people see and, and, and get, give them direction. So we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning into the Rest of Us podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Bowen Adams Real Estate Team. Call us at 801-999-8005. All right, back from our break. Thanks to our sponsor, the Bowen Adams Team. Um, I have Emily Lowry here. Now, she's her official title is Team Lead. Is that right? Yes. I'm here at the Keller Williams South Valley office. How many agents do we have here in the office? We have 240. 240 agents. Wow, that's grown considerably since... Um, I showed up here about two years ago. That's amazing. We moved into a new building out here yes. by daybreak. Beautiful. Yes. Um, and um, things are going well, right? Yeah, things are going great. Nice. So now you're managing 240 independent agents. None of them are getting paid W-2. You've got nine regular staff and you have 240 crazy people running around. And um, your job is to offer clarity and direction. Um, what would you say when someone comes in and sits down, how do you do that? How do you help them focus on the one thing? That's a good question because everybody has their unique route to things, right? Because they're coming in with, with their own path they've already been on. And most of the time they're not clear about why they, they're not super strong on their why. And so the motivation to get somebody and help them with the clarity is can be all over the board too. I spend a lot of my time just listening and trying to provoke thoughts in them. To right, you are good at asking questions. It's it's important to be able to understand that it's if you don't know where somebody's mind is, then it's really easy to assume they're going another way, and that could be really harmful for them. Right, and in just keeping their momentum and their encouragement and things like that momentum is really, really important in this business. And so I find it dangerous to get off that momentum. It's so hard to get back on it. So one of the things I, I do always do typically is, is find out where you are. You'd actually be, people are surprised when we dig deep to find out really how good things are. In fact, I just um, spent over an hour, maybe an hour and a half, with one of our agents who was kind of discouraged about what they're doing, can't find the motivation, and was so busy and closed six transactions in June and just felt uh, overwhelmed, but I have nothing else coming, he said. So we sat down and I said, what do you have under contract? Starts out with two. And then, oh, wait, no, 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 I got this one, I got this one. And he has 10 under contract, okay? So because he has a bunch of new construction that are pushed out a little bit. And then in talking, tell me about the listings that you have. I don't have any listings right now. Okay, well, who do you have coming up? I don't have anyone. Okay, look, I want you to pull out your phone right now, look through your text messages, look through your emails. What do you have going? We created this big list. We ended up building out what his potential income and the income that he already has under contract, it's crazy. If he just closed what he's going to close this year that he has under contract, he'll make $270,000. That ain't bad. So that aware, that self-awareness, right, of really getting a clear understanding of where they are and what they're able to do is so powerful because it's it's their own, right? 
they they did it within themselves just trying to awaken that is really probably the most powerful tool I can give someone no that is amazing how do you find that clarity how do you have that in your life I have to dig deep sometimes too it's easier when somebody is talking these things out for you helps you to pull it out and it's like you know mom and dad you're you're around taking care of everybody else who's taking care of mom and dad kind of thing and I get filled up by those conversations in helping other people grow that really truly builds me up and so that that helps me also I mean my number one is my family I have the two cutest kids ever lived Sorry, actually, Baby Z is up there as well. But, <laughs> hey, thanks. But I just, I have such this close connection with my, my kids, and I have this amazing husband who, it, he runs our real estate business, and um, just being, I, we're really close. I'm able to see them so much, and sometimes for me, all I need is just to remember before I walk out the door, and I'm always just from one thing to the next and just running crazy, crazy, crazy. The days that I forget or don't take the time to go lay down with my kids before I leave, just lay in their bed, are the worst days, right? So just those simple things of taking five minutes, laying down with them, that that fills me up. And just trying to think of that next thing, work on on what my next project is or whatever it is, and thinking big and thinking about how we can help grow other people and what that next step is also really builds me up and fills me up that some of the things that are hard that are maybe things I don't want to do right now reminding what the the bit reminding myself the big purpose of it all and what that's going to bring I love that staying focused on the big picture in that direction I also have a few people that I'll that I can just call and I don't even have to say Anything, I don't have to say anything's wrong, just the fact of talking to them, it, it calms me down, it makes me happy, and it's important too. I love that. Um, well, if you were to give advice to a, um, a young person, a young uh, female person, I'll be clear, uh, about how to establish themselves, how to build that confidence as a leader, um, what advice would you give them? Well, number one, it's okay to be a leader it's good we women are amazing leaders we bring a an element of understanding and intuition that is is just there it's innate and it's helped me a lot it's helped on many sides of what maybe I don't have the experience of the intuition has helped to kick in I remember as a kid wondering I don't think I've ever even told anybody this so is this the se- this is the secret podcast this is, yeah no one no one's secrets. gonna hear this <laughs> okay perfect yeah. okay yeah don't tell anyone but I remember thinking am I like was I supposed to be a boy because I would have these ideas I'm the one that would gather everybody together as a kid okay you will want to do a play well let's write it out let's write a script okay you do this you do that I've always been that way and I remember some kids saying that I was bossy and even at a young age, I remember thinking, wait a minute. Okay, that boy did that, and he's not bossy. Why am I bossy? Hmm. Is it because I'm a girl? Hmm. So was I supposed to be a boy? Why am I like this? Why do I have this drive and this desire? Is, is there something wrong with me? Hmm. And my mom really, she was a great example where my family had some big financial trouble, and she stepped in, and she was a good leader in the sense that she provided for our family. 
and she taught me a lot that you just do whatever it takes. She also didn't want to do it. She wanted to be at home, right? Hmm. So then I associated, okay, but I but I want to do something amazing that I feel like is that builds me up in that way. So does that mean there's something wrong with me? Hmm. And it's not. I mean, trust your those feelings, those instincts, those things that you've had your whole life. It's who you were meant to be. Just digging into it. Own it. Own it. I love that. That's some great advice. Um, if uh, one of these young ladies, these young girls are looking and they're thinking to themselves, I feel bossy. I feel like I'm, because I've, um, I've got four bossy daughters yeah. and I love it. They're yeah. all leaders. They're amazingly naturally gifted in this area. If they could um, focus on learning or, or reading or being a part of something, what would you recommend? I think it's important to get a good business sense, to dig dig down with that. Really understand how important numbers are, numbers are in a business. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of that. It's one of those other things I'm hoping are changing over time that boys are good at math, girls are good at English. Mm-hmm. And really kind of breaking the mold of that and being aware and understanding the way the financial side of business works because that brings so much depth and understanding and helps helps you to be able to make quick good decisions that can affect your your bottom line which is ultimately we're all in business to to help other people but ultimately to help our families which turning that profit is the way that we do that nice um in closing as we're kind of winding up here if uh, you had one of these um if you had a young Emily sitting right here and you had an opportunity to offer her advice, what advice would you give her besides what we've already talked about? I would tell her that she is in control of her life. She's in control of the way that her future is going to go. Mm. And and I feel such a responsibility with that for my own daughter. I I want her to feel like she can have the life that she wants because she built it. And it's something that she, you know, whether she's married to whoever she's married or in a relationship or however that is, that it is her. She is the one who built it. And she's not dependent on somebody else. And there's something about that that gives so much confidence for all the other areas of your life. And just telling her, you you can do it. So let's do it. Let's get a plan. Let's get a partner. Let's get a mentor. Let's get a path for you and just connect with the right people. That's really what it's all about, right? Right. If you have an idea or you have something that you want to do, someone connecting you with that resource that can help fulfill that is all you need. So look for a good mentor. Look for that. I love the idea that they're powerful enough. They're they have everything they need within them. They're they're strong enough. They're worthy enough. They're good enough, um, and so they should they should hope for the best, yeah. and believe in it. I love that message. That's awesome. Well, I'm grateful that you could spend a few minutes with us here on the Rest of Us podcast. Thank you for asking. I love the podcast. You do. Awesome. You've listened yes, to other episodes. I have. Yes, I have. Oh wow, that's, that's me blushing. If you can't see it on the microphone. Um, we, um, we're trying to do some good things in the community, and empowering girls is a big deal in my life. I have four daughters that I love more than anything in the world, and I think that they could all rule the world. They're amazing women, and I would love them to hear this message because it's so, so important. In today's society, I really do believe that there's a lot of undermining of our poor young ladies and these daughters of ours um, for them to believe that they're not good enough or pretty enough or smart enough or 
too young, too old, whatever it is, and we're missing a lot of great opportunities for leadership and powerful people in our community because they just sit back and believe those messages. Definitely. So thanks so much for your time. And you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Rest of Us, the show that highlights those who are doing great things in their community. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Give us a nice review and subscribe below. We also wanted to thank our sponsor, the Bowen Adams Real Estate Team here at Keller Williams South Valley. If you are looking to buy and sell a home or are a real estate agent looking to join the best team in the world, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and BowenAdams.com. We love you guys and hope you have a great week. Thank you.